So uh, welcome to uh, episode 15 with uh, me, Garrett Mokler, and uh, my good friend Richard Mills. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, man? Yeah, I'm you good, well? man. Yeah, I'm good. It's been it's a uh, back-to-back shows, isn't it? It's back-to-back shows, indeed. I've, I've barely been here. I've done any boxing info has been today. I mean, <laughs> cramming. Fresh, people. Yeah, that's fresh it. That's how I like to view it. Fresh. But uh, yeah, welcome to the UK's number one comedy boxing podcast. And um, yeah, we got a particularly packed show because oh, I've been uh, great. working hard over the last week. And, I've been uh, working hard for a few hours today. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, i got to say, we have, there's got to be quite a bit of Nigel Ben oh, in this podcast. He's, and he's, that's my favourite the Dark Destroyer, <laughs> I found out over the last like three days, is possibly the greatest human being that's ever lived. <laughs> he is. If there's a boy, like a proper boy, he claims that title with both rugged ends. Both, both mitts. <laughs> both boxing mitts. He is good. But anyway, we'll come on to that later on the show. But um, yeah, packed, packed show. But uh, okay. yeah. That's you wanna... the intro wrapped up. Yeah, come is on. It? Yeah, there's tons of stuff to go through. So let's crack on. All right. Anyway, as we always do, to uh, I guess to only uh, new uh, listeners, but uh, as we always do, we'd like to start off with uh, kind of general news and general nonsense. Yeah. So, um, anyway, big news. There's been big, big news. There has, and I'm actually going to kick right off with the big news of today. Go on. Which is, um, it is that uh, there's been an incident with Freddie Roach and the Brandon Rios' team that happened at around 11 a.m. American time. I don't know this. What and today's the 20th of November. Basically, the incident led to a load of pushing and shoving and uh, someone getting kicked, uh, which was Freddie Roach got kicked in the chest. <laughs> in the chest? <laughs> well, yeah, it wasn't like a... It wasn't a, wasn't a massive kick. He was sort of stepping back. He took it well. Yeah, it was a, took it well. Who was that? It was a Riddick Bow who flew off the car. <laughs> uh, no, that was... Um, Oh, who was that? He gave a flying elbow. That was uh, Larry Larry Holmes, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. it is. The flying, <laughs> charging, the, the flying yeah. bear, as I like to call him. Oh, yeah, it was a drop kick. It wasn't an elbow. Yeah, off the top yeah, of the drop kick. Straight off the top of the car. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. No, it, it wasn't one of them. Um, no, this it all arose around apparently that the issue was they were in the Venetian hotel, I think in Las Vegas, and they've got a gym in there, and apparently Rios' team had it booked from 9 till 11. Mm. Freddie Roach came in at, like, one minute past 11, so I hear, and he yeah. was like, right, you lot, get the fuck out of it. And they were like, no, hang on, we haven't finished yet, we're just going to be... We just need to tie up a few things. And Freddie Roach says, look, just get the fuck out of it. Does not like tardiness. No, <laughs> he doesn't. Um, all, all Jewish people, as uh, we come to find oh. out in this clip, oh. Jew, Jews or Mexicans, which is, yeah, nobody comes out of this situation oh, looking shit, very pretty. So basically, um, yeah, he comes in, starts kicking off. He calls, um, he goes up to Robert Garcia, calls him a piece of shit and tells him all to leave. He doesn't take kindly. Things escalate. Then it, a lot of people start doing stuttering impersonations of Freddie, which, which oh, ain't cool. That ain't cool. cool either. Then somebody kicks Freddie Roach. <laughs> then Freddie Roach is... That then, does escalate then, quite quickly. Then Freddie Roach starts calling people dirty Mexicans. <laughs> then, Shit. then a couple of other people come flying in and they have to get separated apart. Then Freddie Roach starts calling for the guy to, who kicked him to be arrested and, uh, and somebody else comes along saying something and that's when he says, get that quote and we we really cannot disagree more strongly with this comment but he says uh and this is a quote he says somebody something like get that jew motherfucker out of here as well how would he know if someone's jewish i don't know i don't why somebody there um maybe he's got well the guy might be like mel gibson he's got that 
Jude on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A million miles away. Yeah, well, the, I think he above. must have known. I think he must have known him and things. But yeah, and the guy just said, "Look, that's fucked up, man." No, it's not nice. And they were doing so after that. They were doing some really unpleasant impersonations of him. Mm. And he's taking it well. He was saying, "You're not even doing it right." Brandon does it better, <laughs> <laughs> making making reference to the fact Brandon Rios and um, who else was that? I think Margarito. Oh most, yeah, yeah, most evil man in boxing. <laughs> <laughs> They they did some online quite that's a number of up. years ago, but yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's going to be their... Uh, so the Pacquiao fight, we'll review it later on the show. Yeah, but, um, it's got an ex- extra edge to it. Yeah, um, so that's the first piece of news. I'll kick it over to you now. All right, what was the uh, big one? This is one that's uh, really quite sad, I'd say. David Hay is... Um, ah, yeah. He found out he's pretty much going to have to retire. So he, had to, he was due to fight uh, Tyson Fury next February. And um, anyway, he got an injury. I had to call the fight off. And then I went in for a soldier's shoulder surgery, came back out, and the doctor said, This, you're done, mate. You're done. Game yeah, over. Whatever. Nothing I, there I, for you. I'm, I, no, I've heard different things, okay? Now, you can't really hear, but yeah, officially called off. I heard David Hayes say, Basically, I had a bit of problem with shoulder. I didn't think there was anything serious. I went to a doctor. And I was confident it was fine, really, just routine. Yeah. Doctor said, we need to uh, operate immediately on you. It's it's a lot more serious. Um, so he went in the next day, straight away, had uh, had surgery and came out. And he says, yeah, you, you you shouldn't really be fighting again. But that's it. Like, it's going to be... I mean, it's... Listen... I love that guy. So it's going to be really uh, quite yeah. sad he's not there anymore. Well... I don't... I, mm, so I've, I, I don't know. Well, I, I'm not 100%... Sure about it, but I know David. Um, there have been quotes saying that basically Vitali recently came out and said he's going to have one more fight oh. before he before he goes, mm. and he wants it to be David Hay. <laughs> so you it's know, like you that he's got be... mashed up shoulder. No, he said that, that only happened a couple of days ago. Vitali made this announcement a couple of weeks ago. Okay, right. So there's obviously more money for him. He wants to avenge that loss to the Klitschko as well to his brother Vlad. I don't know. I'm not saying it definitely is, or it's just maybe there was a bit of surgery there, and he thought I'm going to wait till after. I'm going to wait till after the Fury fight, and then when, when suddenly Vitali starts throwing this out, he thought, well, do you know what? Let's get the shoulder done. I'll kick <laughs> back and I'll fight Vitali in, that's, in that's, five months' time. Five, politics, six maybe. Months time. Um, so you know a lot of dodgy stuff. But David, hey, he did say that he's been boxing for twenty three years, and that um, he said I genuinely believe a shoulder injury wasn't that bad. But a doctor sent me for a detailed MRI scan, and within twenty four hours, I was told the full extent of the damage. Twenty four hours later, I was in the operating theatre. I had big plans for next year, and the ultimate goal was to win back the world heavyweight title. Indeed. Yeah, and maybe that is still his goal. Well, I'll tell you whose goal it definitely is, because if it's really tragic news that um, if uh, David Hay. Obviously, he has to retire. There is fantastic news because maybe the greatest yes, boxer in British history. You can't hold a good man down, people. Danny Williams, A Force, <laughs> forty-two years old. He doesn't give to. Doesn't care one jot that he's lost his last five fights. Doesn't care he's got knocked out in the first round in two. Of them. <laughs> I don't mean nothing to A Force. What he said is stuck that in his Twitter saying, "Listen, I'm coming back, people. You thought you written me off. There ain't no right me out of history. No, I'm coming back." That's what I like to hear. He said, "I'm dreaming of the biggest mountain, the most treacherous pathway to climb. <laughs> if I fall along one, along the way, I plan to go out strong." Sit boy, go on, Audrey. <laughs> oh, it's starting to get worried, mate. I'm pretty sure we didn't get any Audrey Harrison mentions last week's show. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
can't be letting it go more than one episode without a well, mention of him. Definitely have to throw but him in. The, um, but yeah, that will be fantastic. That, that guy comes back. But also the um, as far as obviously you know with the David Hay thing, uh, Tyson Fury. You can imagine he's not happy about it. Well, it can't, you know, it's, it's it's frustrating from him. First of all, he had the David Price go and getting himself bust up and, yeah. and ruining that huge payday for the both of them. And now, you know, he he's finally lands like this. Months. The Klitschko's won't. Yeah, he's devoted the whole year to that fight, yeah. really, lining that one up. And it's, you know, it's heartbreaking. But he has said, he's looked around and he's thought, right, what's the next fight I want? Deontay Wilder. And he's been on there saying to Deontay, come on, let's get it on with the two, yeah, two biggest upcoming people there around that people are going to want to see. And you got to give a guy props that he's willing to take on anybody, even if... Deontay Wilder's record is slightly absolutely uh, overblown, but yeah. Talking on the um, on the heavyweight scene, uh, Anthony Joshua um, he had a fight lined up against Hector Avila from Argentina. Mm. You might remember he um, he lost to Chisora recently. I, um, I do remember that. Yeah, do so, I? Maybe I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah. In, after after Chisora had lost to David Hay. Um, some point, I'm not sure if it was his first or maybe his second fight after that. Okay, but um, yeah, Chisora managed to dispatch him, but still an experienced pro with uh, with a good sort of 40 close, no, close to 40 fights. Yeah, but Anthony Joshua's had to pull out of this fight now due to a bicep strain, so it's a bit of a shame because it would have been good to see how Joshua stood up and took yeah. on a genuinely you know tricky opponent there, but yeah, that's a shame. I gotta say, uh. <laughs> I brought this up for, uh, during the show, just on a bit of kind of boxing news. That um, what's my uh, favorite thing? I went online, I yeah. looking at some of my kind of quotes and stuff. Yeah, should we play a quick game? Yeah, yeah, normally yeah. don't do this in the introduction. Okay, yeah, no. But uh, right, this quote game, people, you can play along at home. So uh, I don't know how I found this. I was on uh, some whatever website. Anyway, these are quotes from famous boxing personalities. Okay, you led on me and let me know who this is. All right, enough of the games, mate. You're messing with the grandmaster. <laughs> the Grandmaster is the it's, clue there. Well, have you? Um, are they all going to be done in that geezer accent? Oh, yeah. oh right. So I'm not to read anything into <laughs> it. I don't, I don't have to because I think otherwise they're all going to be coming out as Nigel Benner. <laughs> um, okay, say that again one more right. time. Enough of the games, mate. You're messing with the Grandmaster. Enough of the games, mate. You're messing with the Grandmaster. The Grandmaster, uh, I think, is the reference. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Who's the chess playing prodigy? Just playing Prodigy. Um, we'll give you that one. That was Lennox Lewis. These people of course, I should have known that. He's a he's a he's a solid two thousand rated chess player. He is. He's a good boy. It's my favourite one. Still not as good as Klitschko's. Yeah, go <laughs> it's on. my favourite one. Guess what? I'm a rich coward. Guess what? I'm a rich coward. Uh, Audley Harrison. No, that one got the Audley. Unbelievably, that comes from Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure there's a. I'm sure there's a, a huge amount of sarcasm involved in that quote oh I don't know and uh, my personal favourite one I don't know if you're going to guess this guy's name but it's I'm going to wrap Mike Tyson up in a cocoon of horror wrap Mike Tyson up in a cocoon of horror was it Herbie Hyde oh it's close to <laughs> Peter McNeedy he's the guy he fought when he came out of prison <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a tough one that one that any, one any others that one is tough uh, oh this one you know right this one I like I can't hang out with Floyd no more. I'm tired of running from Manny Pacquiao. 50 Cent. 50 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that, boy. You know that. I know my 50 cent quotes. I've got to say, the last one is uh, from Karate Kid 2, so I don't know if you'll get that. Uh, <laughs> I might do. All right. Go for the legs! Oh, is that the first one? This is my, my favourite bad guy in the history of film. Oh, is uh, Kreese? Uh, what's his... It's not John Kreese. It's no. his evil friend. His more evil friend, Terry Oh, Silver. with the... Uh, black ponytail yeah yeah yeah, yeah he and was he, evil he's basically this line from me he's talking about what he does for a living he goes yeah. look at this ten years ago nuclear was the preferred waste you could dump it anywhere now everyone's a detective I'm lucky if I make one deal a year without being indicted <laughs> Terry Silver baby how does he make uh, his money when he's not getting that is fantastic he's not getting the karate kid beat I've got, I've got a quick quote dump nuclear waste and I know you'll it. get it it's more for the viewers <clears throat> quick quote for you it says I'm not God but I'm something similar uh, I've no idea. Who's that? Friend of the show. Ex-friend of the show. <laughs> Roberto Duran. Yeah, man. Nice. You never... You must have heard that. No. I'm pretty sure you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Um, that could well okay, be the case. listen, we're getting a bit away from it. Okay, I'm going to crack on with... I saw a good interview with Johnny Nelson. And he claims that it's the first time ever he has seen Carl Froch genuinely mad and worked up about an opponent. And he claims that Groves has gotten into his <clears> mind. Which is the right tactic to do, according to Johnny. Uh, I mean, he's still he's still saying Carl Froch is going to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's saying, you know, Groves, he's, Groves is being clever. I'm beginning to like George Groves more and more, i got to say. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. got real charisma about him. I he like does. It. And he knows how to wind up Carl Froch. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we move on, like a proper bit of boxing news. Yeah. That, um, so the newly crowned WBO super featherweight champion, Mikey Garcia, yeah. who... Um, his record is unreal, like 33 wins. No one has come close to kicking this guy's ass. Yeah. And anyway, there's a good chance he's going to be fighting up against the uh, lightweight champion, Eurorcus Gamboa. He's oh. like, a, again, like another one of those numerous Cuban standout yeah. fighters. Hopefully that fight gets made because that will absolutely be the fight of the year. Both of them are absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Incredibly strong. Gamboa is just silky smooth. Oh, and Michael Garcia looks punching people really hard. <laughs> that, that I would be very interested in watching that fight Do, uh, does anybody else I don't know does anybody else think this um, Yorkus Gamboa looks a little bit like a miniature version of Mike Tyson it's mainly because it's mainly because at a boxing gym um, that I went to Islington Boxing Gym uh, if anybody wants to go in the area of um, yeah look it up it's in North London really good little they've got a giant picture right and it's and it's looks right in between Yorkus Gamboa and Mike Tyson, and you'd think it's massive, and you'd think that's got to be Mike Tyson because he's yeah. he's huge. You're not just going to be a massive thing, except one of the main trainers there is this Cuban guy. So, <laughs> and and I've always just wanted. I always look at it, and I've, I I never bother asking, but I always think. So, if there's any listeners out there who know about Islington Boxing, send us a email. Let us know. Is that uh, Yorkus Gamboa or is it Mike Tyson? Um. Or is it a love child between the two? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, shall we move on to the... Uh, no. Oh, we got more no. news. We got your damn right. <laughs> I want this to be a regular feature. I just figured, you know, it's been over a week. Let's find out what Ricardo Moyes has been getting up to on Twitter, yeah? Let's find out who's upset him or rather who he wants to fight this week, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, apparently... Um, Don King's best friend, Ricardo yeah. Morgan, which yeah, possibly does what he needs to know. He is. So um, we're just going to touch in um, because no man is safe from the foul-mouthed homophobic <laughs> abuse of El Matador Mayorga. So um, 
he, I think he's he may have finally given up on the calling out Victor Ortiz. Oh. You know, I mean, he's still he still called him out once, but it didn't have the same conviction. <laughs> it didn't have the same hatred uh, that he previously had. I figured, you know, if, if the first twenty eight times don't really get anything, you're gonna you're gonna lose a bit of heart. Right? Oh, definitely. Him. Even even someone with as much heart as him. <laughs> much hatred. <laughs> yeah, as much, as much, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he's been calling out um, uh, Canelo Alvarez and apparently said uh, he would KO him in DOS rounds. He does um, love DOS rounds. <laughs> he loves the old DOS rounds. <laughs> MS DOS rounds. Uh, no, two rounds. Um, and yeah, it's just saying that he's one of many Mexican uh, maricons who don't have any cojones or balls. Mm-hmm. You know? And then... <clears throat> He came in, Andre Berto, that was his next victim. Oh, good choice. Came on, Boxio fan, want us return, and we look for Dos Round (laughs) tune-up fight. Before we fight, who do you think he's going to fight? Oh, I don't know. Who do you think? Uh, Uh, Have a guess. Mayweather? You're damn right. (laughs) Before we fight at Floyd Mayweather... Are you real, man, or homosex? <laughs> Can't you be bothered to spell it right? So um, after that, got no response, so he thought quickly, I'm going to call out. He went for Kid Chocolate or Peter Quillen. So, um, yeah, he, he quickly changed his mind, uh, mind on that, though. So. Peter Quillen would be a decent fight, I've got to say. I mean, it absolutely wiped the floor with an aged... Yeah, an aged... Nicaraguan... <laughs> Yeah, lunatic, <laughs> but um, yeah, so anyway, didn't wasn't really feeling that, so he changed it up and he said, I think a good fight tune-up will be at Ghost Boxing, Roberto, so obviously, uh, or sorry, Robert, Robert Guerrero, um, he says, we are happy fight this pendejo, <laughs> we see this fight go no mas than dos, it doesn't even add in Is the round, actually this writing these? well, it's hard I to know. think so, it's, it's hard to know, it does sound a little <laughs> bit like those... I don't know if you ever read about the Chris Akabusi sex sex uh, stories that uh, went online. I, I wish I did. <laughs> there's Crack a guy. There's a guy me, you've never heard of a Chris Akabusi. Basically, it involves him going into. Um, yeah, it's a, somebody who writes sex stories as if they're Chris Akabusi <laughs> about the things he does, and like he and it would always end with uh, him saying. Uh, and then I patted her on the fanny and whispered, Awuga, <laughs> before slacking off. That, they're old. The only reason I bring it up is because a friend sent me a, a, a story and a, from a webpage about Chris Akabusi is like trying to take legal action against this person. Oh, come on. Because he doesn't... But the way it's written is even that is a joke. <laughs> like, this thing is it's well funny, the article, but, yeah. That sounds cool. But, anyway, that's what I wonder this is. It's just a guy, but... I don't know. I've heard, things. I've heard mixed things saying, no, it actually is my auger, and he just gets his... Uh, a mate's got down a top Yeah, his, his mate, who <clears throat> kind of doesn't speak the best English, but speaks <laughs> better than him. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, that, that, that insult to Roberto, um, or Robert Guerrero, that was surprisingly tame by his standards. Yeah, it is very tame. It's a pendejo. That was all he got. It's not that bad. He said he's happy with the fight, you know. <laughs> so anyway, that's four new top-level fighters that um, the 40-year-old... Uh, foul mouth Nicaraguan boxers has <laughs> been calling out in the past week. I wonder we should do it. Games, guess who he's going to call out? <laughs> Go on, throw a name out. Oh, I've no idea. Hang on, think about it. He hates Mexicans. It does. Mike Alvarado would be a good shape. He could fight him. Yeah. And again, get beaten up. Mike Alvarado, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he would. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he'll be calling out Rios as soon as mm. after the Pacquiao fight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I reckon he'll go for Win or lose. 
Yeah, and Rios will probably take it. He's <laughs> about the only one who'll think, I'll have a bit of that. But actually, I was thinking, if, if Roberto doesn't come back to the show, why don't we get, oh, we get my guy? That is a he good idea. Sub him in, see if he's up for it. I mean, I don't really like having a, I was going to say convicted, or not convicted rapist on the show, as he defo is. Yeah. But uh, I thought we had Mike Tyson on, so. It would definitely be a different, I mean, if, if people thought Duran's advice was a bit out <laughs> Pretty sure it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of headbutts involved, probably. <laughs> Quite a, a lot of headbutts. Anyway, right. Should we crack on. No. <laughs> David Price has said this is the final bit of news. David yeah. Price says he is waiting before making a decision whether or not to defend his British and Commonwealth heavyweight titles against Derek Chisora. Apparently, we are waiting on a date. This is a quote from Price: waiting on a date and a location for the fight. This is what he told BBC Five Live. We should know that in the next fortnight um, what the outcome will be, whether he defends, decides to defend it. And he added, I always said I needed one or two warm-ups before a fight with Chisora, which is a, is, is a tough, big fight, especially coming off two defeats. That's compl- very, very honest, I've got to yeah. say. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that probably is a good idea for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is one more bit of news. But, Lay it on. Go on. Oh, it's... it's, it's it's quite long. <laughs> I mean, I just figured if I don't fit it in in the nonsense section, it's it's can't, not going to have a place anywhere else. Where, well, okay, go on. All right. Well, finally, um, I started watching a Channel Four documentary the other day, and it's called The Bigfoot Files, right? <laughs> Which, as I'm sure you can guess by <laughs> Tell now, me more. is about the search for real life Bigfoots, Yeti, Sasquatch. Is I don't know what the plural. Is. <laughs> Sasquatch. Sas- Sasquatches. I can't say Sasquatches. Anyway, any other name you want to call them, that's what these guys are looking for. And on this uh, particular episode, the presenter flies out to Russia uh, to look into the folklore and the modern-day sightings. Well, you've probably guessed it by now, but which ex-heavyweight yeti-hunting enthusiast makes an appearance on the documentary? Oh, I know this, absolutely. It's Nikolai Valuev. No, it's it's Evander Holyfield. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's Nikolai Valuev. It is him. The oh, seven no. foot man. The real deal out in the snow. Oh, that'd be good. Snow play, snow <laughs> just, shoes. Just saying. A big knife. <laughs> Get me out of this cold. London <laughs> down yet. Um, God almighty, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Any luck? Did uh, Valuev have any well, luck? Well, again, there's one. Well, this is what I'm going to get to. Basically, he's not in it that much, but there's a. Um, there's a bit of a, a, a stone. So there's, there's a bit in the show where he. He comes out to visit these three kids who have uh, captured, supposedly captured footage on their camera um, and claim that it's a real-life Yeti. Now, apparently this footage has caused shockwaves right across the global Bigfoot community. <laughs> so, you know, I'm guessing that's like a good 20 or 30 people out there who are all over this shit, right? Um, but anyway... Valuev hasn't seen it. They mock up this whole thing for him to view it. He comes all the way out. He's he's big into it. He's in. Do you know he's into? Uh, he's in local government politics. Oh really? Yeah, he is. He's in that. there. But um, yeah, but he's a massive Yeti. Not as fan. Like, minister of the Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> if there is, I think he might be a Yeti himself. There's a good chance. He's as close as you can get to it. So um, anyway, he gets pulled out there. Um, turns up at his house now. Um, right away, straight from the gate, it just becomes abundantly clear from these kids' body language um, that it's just them dicking about. (laughs) (laughs) Even before you see the footage, it's just the three of them sit there, they're looking at each other, the sheep is just with massive smiles on their face, (laughs) laughing away, and, uh, yeah, you can just see they've 
they're like, I can't believe we've managed to convince <laughs> the ex-heavyweight champ of the world, our local, I can't believe we've managed to convince him to drive all the way out here to our house. And yeah, they show this footage and it is, it's clearly just one of them dressed up in a big black coat, <laughs> standing in some bushes. Yeah. What and the then, fucking, yeah, he's white. Well, not this one. <laughs> he is right. In, he is right in the bushes. So it's just, it's just a black sort of silhouette figure. Um, but anyway, it just cuts to them and they're just running off away, swearing in Russian. Anyway, um, after Value Ever watches it, yeah, I mean you're probably wondering what he thinks. Well, the first thing he did after looking at it, he turns and he tells the quid- kids off about swearing and makes them promise not to do that again because <laughs> apparently in Russia, like it's, it's a really conservative country. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently, like swearing, yeah, kids, kids go to prison for that. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the first thing. And then that being gay, apparently. yeah, yeah, yeah. That and what else? Uh, they're not, they're not fans of uh, Vladimir Putin. Well, they're not, they're not fans of anybody who who ain't white as well. That's not fair. Not all of them are like that. <laughs> just, just the racists <laughs> who go to football matches and beat up Indian yeah, exchange else. students. Um, anyway. So, what does Value have say about it? Yeah. Well, he only makes one quote. It's very short and concise. And you want to know what he says? Absolutely. He says, clearly, definitely, this is not a bear. <laughs> well, and he gives a positive... And the guy next can't to him... Can't say fair enough. Exactly. And the guy next to him, who's, who is 100% convinced that it's real, or rather knows it's a fake, but just wants to everybody to believe in the yeah. Yeti... Oh, he's all over. He's like, yes, you see, even our local minister, Gummy, he can see it. He's not a bear. It is not. No, it's not a bear, mate. It's a fucking kid in a coat, standing in a bush and then running away. Anyway, I am absolutely gonna have to watch that TV. Yeah, <laughs> it's out there. Channel four OD. Channel four OD. Look it up. It's called the Yeti Files. <laughs> Absolute bollocks. Love them. So uh, just before we uh, crack on with the uh, reviews of the last eight weeks' action, uh, I'm going to read you out a quick passage from the seminal, absolutely seminal autobiography of uh, Nigel Benn. You've got to lend me that at the end, oh, right? absolutely. But um, anyway, he talks about this is his time. What's, what was what's his life like growing up in uh, Essex? Bit of a white boy, bit of geese. And he says, on one occasion, my brother Danny thought he killed me. <laughs> 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 We'd been fighting over a tin of baked beans. <laughs> when Danny had enough of me punching him, he grabbed me, held me by the arms, and bit my tongue so hard that my teeth came right through it. Oh. Then all the scars on my face and head are not from in the ring, but from other injuries sustained while fighting my brothers and members of the public. <laughs> it's street fights all around Ilford oh. long before I came to boxing. That's oh, it. More, more from Nigel oh, later on the show. Lots, oh, you can't leave me that. My brother, <laughs> my brother thought he'd kill me when we were fighting over a tin of beans. <laughs> that doesn't get much better than that. Oh, fantastic. I, good, I enjoyed that. I think we should do a, a quote from Nigel Benn's uh, autobiography every week. I mean, I've highlighted five here, which are all amazing. Maybe, maybe. for listeners, stay tuned. Maybe more coming on later maybe. on the show. Oh, but uh, I'm hoping no one finds my Cockney sound <laughs> accent really quite offensive. Well, no, uh, why, why would you? That's, that's really the voice that no, Nigel speaks in. He is a doesn't boy. matter either way. That that accent suits those stories to a T. Oh, absolutely. And uh, anyway, yeah. So we'll uh, review the uh, last week's action. So we're, uh, there were a couple of big fights. 
So the first one, so this was on uh, Saturday, the 16th of November, and it was a super middleweight division, and uh, Andre Ward coming back after his 14-month layoff, coming up against Edwin Rodriguez for Ward's... He still has got, like, a few titles upon him, Ring and WBA, WBA and whatnot, but um, did you watch this one? Uh, I only managed to see highlights. I have to say... He looked super slick from the highlights I saw. Like oh, absolutely. Super impressive. It's, um... It's mean, from... Sorry, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, there was still a little bit of clinch in there, but I guess I guess when you're, when you're creating a highlight reel, you don't generally put in all the best clinches, so maybe there was quite <laughs> a bit in the fight, but from what I saw, it looked he, he looked amazing. Oh, it was brutal. But like, the first two rounds, so much clinching. Enough where the, the referee, this guy called uh, Jack Reese, my favourite referee, he's like a real kind of New York wise guy, kind yeah, of tough guy. Yeah. looks exactly like Johnny Sack from The Sopranos. Ah. Anyone who's, Johnny Sack is the one with a big fat wife. And, um, but he's got that kind of real vibe about him. Anyway, round two, he just stops them both and goes, listen, I'm not having any more of this. Takes a, he literally stops the fight for about two minutes. Oh. And just takes it, deducts two points from each one and says, <laughs> he turns right to the uh, judges and goes, I want them fined. I want them both fined for wasting everyone's time. This yeah. is, which was completely true. After yeah. that, it got like a whole lot better. Not, but, I have uh, yeah, to say, though, what's, what's, the, what's the reasoning or the point in deducting two points from them both? Uh, yeah. What possible? What is the fucking point of that? It didn't say that much. I don't know. I guess he had like his own reason for... and. Of whatever it was. I mean, get the normally, yeah. normally with clinching, there's one person who's instigating it. Yeah, but this not... one it was Rodriguez was being a pain in the ass, but Ward wasn't helping the situation. We got to say, really, but, um, yeah. Because the clips I saw of it, Rodriguez was charging in with like with uh, hooks and just coming right forward, and Ward was just smothering him and getting into clinches, just wrapping up his arms. No, it's definitely like a, a bit of both, to be honest. Okay, but uh, in any case, after that, yeah, Ward just stepped it up and just ran away with it. Yeah, real. Real impressive, unbelievable pot shots and like from what I saw. Yeah, just doing what he always does. He yeah. looks exactly as good as he ever did. But um, anyway, that one was um, that was a decent fight. What was the next one? There was a uh, Thomas Adamek was supposed to be fighting, so it was on the same night, heavyweight division. This yeah, time. and he was supposed to be coming up a guy called um, uh, Glaskov. And uh, unfortunately, Adamek had to pull out. He got the flu like a couple of days before. Oh, okay. And it's like, oh, this is very disappointing because I love watching Thomas Adamek fight. And uh, who stepped in? Don't know. A guy called Garrett Wilson. Oh, My yeah. namesake, which I was like, absolutely loving this. Okay. And uh, if anyone has ever read the book Freakonomics, you'll know that Garrett, the name Garrett, is the 15th whitest name in America. What does that mean? As in, there's, if you, for anyone who names the kids, there's like one in, I don't know, like one in like 30,000 is going to be anything other than uh, like a white guy. And um, turns out this time. How do they know that? Because they went through all like the list of names, you look right, up birth certificates and stuff. Yeah. And um, so it's like Jake and Connor and Tanner and Wyatt, Cody, all these kind of real kind of white names. And anyway, Garrett Wilson comes in. Yeah, comes. You can tell he's a uh, yeah, just like he's a big beefy. You're burning like a personal trainer. And like somebody comes in with a camouflage waistcoat, camouflage yeah. trunks. Anyway, that guy comes in. And uh, yeah, my namesake did himself well. Didn't yeah. win. Oh, his big swinging he... punches. Eventually, kind of lost on poise towards the end. But uh, it was so cool. you say Garrett's the fifteenth whitest name in America? Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd say you'd definitely be top fifteenth whitest human beings in this country. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've seen you standing on a beach in Barcelona. And it is a is, sight to behold. It's a reflective sight. I know. It's, <laughs> it's a... Senior Frosty, I think. It's <laughs> but uh, but also a big one. This was such a disappointment. There was uh, on the same night. So it was again the heavyweights. David Chewer was up against. We talked about him last week. Alexander Ustinov. And uh, I've wa- so, watched this all because of your build-up. You oh, yeah. sold it so well. And... Fighting down New Zealand way, and it just yeah. turned out to be an absolute... What a size difference. It reminded me, yeah, as we're yeah. talking about value, of when David Hay fought value, of that kind of height difference of... Yeah. Because two is not exactly the tallest heavyweight, is he? No, he's absolutely he's, he's, he's a bit of a... Oh, he doesn't have a neck. <laughs> <laughs> that never helps when you're trying to get a bit taller. If you take away part of your... <laughs> part of the body absolutely um, but uh, yeah it turned out to be an absolute stinker which wasn't all that good well what I thought saw of it Yusinov he just boxed on the outside boxed smart but not particularly mm. entertaining and and poor old Tua never really stood a chance didn't even really get close did he would throw the odd wild looping overhand right and which just, we love but uh, uh, yeah. not doing any hurt sadly but uh, and now he's fought anyway Tua said he's going to retire afterwards which is a bit of a shame talking but, uh, of while we're on the subject of um Looping in wild overhand rights. I watched uh, Jorge Arce. Uh, hey, like he had a, he had a fight exam against uh, Jose uh, Caramona, um, who is from Colombia, I think. But it was one of the scrappiest fights I've seen. But also really entertaining and Excellent. just like you know, just what you'd expect from Jorge. Just aggressive style coming forward, getting hit, throwing bombs, <laughs> throwing elbows, and just charging in with everything he has. And it was like it's a good little fight. It's worth checking out if people haven't seen it. I mean, a, a real legend of the sport, um, I say, and you know, a bit of a roller coaster, sort of a power power balance sort of swung back and forth a bit but in the end um i say got KO'd uh oh, KO'd his opponent no he oh, KO'd yeah so he, he knocked out uh Jose um and it was in the eighth round I believe but you couldn't help but wondering looking at it that mm. you know should he really still be fighting the man he's I know he's only 34 but he's he's an old 34 he's been in a lot of wars yeah. and he just he didn't look like he still had that... Even though he got a KO, he didn't look like he had the sharpness Christmas to his punches. Mm. He looked tired for parts of the fight and God, just sluggish. Bills, and early on, just what, like leaping forward, like <laughs> like, like the run-ups to a triple jump. <laughs> Throwing two, two wild swinging punches, neither one even getting close, but things like that. But yeah, I just thought I'd bring it up because he is... I think he's been in my favourite ever boxing fight when I saw him fight Hussein Hussein. That is one of the finest fights. Is this Hussein, can... Hussein the guy who shot Robert Kennedy? Yeah, uh, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine Hussein's For all you American fairly... history buffs out there, will be laughing at that too. Um, <laughs> Hussein's a, a pretty common <laughs> name, so maybe. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, but uh, there was one other one for the end of the week. But uh, anyway, yeah, James DeGale. Yeah, yeah. Super Metal Light Division. And, uh, anyway, he won in a 12-round uh, decision against some guy called uh, Dyer Davis. But... Um, yeah, I was watching, tried to watch that and just fell asleep towards the end. James DeGale just didn't the most exciting. He started doing, yeah, the last no, round he started doing crazy sort of showing off, but a bit unnecessary, really. He doesn't really, I don't know, there's something about him. He doesn't strike me as having the type of personality that's, that he, he doesn't strike me as being crazy. Or, and so when he tries to put on that show, it seems forced and it doesn't feel like it's him. There's something a bit yeah, yeah. And staged I've, I've about it. Like, yeah, I've heard that he's yeah really nice, decent, but he's quite a different person away from the cameras but yeah. I don't know I mean it was 
you know, it, it wasn't a bad performance. It was quite good. But I think even afterwards himself, he admitted there were areas he wasn't too happy with. Apparently, mm. he's got a, uh, he's he's still coming back from an an injured knee, and he said it's at like ninety five percent, which I think. So he said it didn't affect me too much, but there were a few little things I couldn't get down low enough. He said in the middle rounds he lost concentration a bit. I mean, you probably wouldn't know because if you'd fallen asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he would have, but uh, yeah, he won it convincingly on the cards, didn't he? I think it was one one eighteen to one ten on yeah, the, yeah, all three cards. Landslide. You know, good. And I think the guy who was fighting it was a good. You know, Dyer Davis. Just... He's a good, good, good fighter, and he comes from a good boxing background. Um, he does need, but uh, anyway, we'll that, uh, wrap it up for our uh, reviews of the last hour. Okay. So that was pretty much like last week's action. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That was better. I don't know if we made that the review section. Was, I don't know. Was that funny? Um, well, they're a bit shit, mate. <laughs> there wasn't, I mean, what are we going to laugh about? The fact that the ref took two points away for a load of clinching. Yeah, that's true. Or the fact that David Tua should probably not have been in the ring. <laughs> There's no good entrances. Can only, can only you know... Uh, what's that saying go? Bad workman always... Tools. Tools. Uh, yeah, that's an elk. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, why don't you give him another quote off? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Nigel, okay, right, go on, grab that. Grab that. Uh, right, let's pick some. Let's we'll pick something at random. I reckon, I reckon every week we just leave out the reviews and we just quote Nigel's <laughs> best. <laughs> right. From... Pick something at random. Okay, right. Uh, oh, <laughs> this one is a good one. Okay. Nigel, talking about one of his uh, romantic encounters. Oh, hello. She stripped me. Went to the bathroom and returned naked. I gave it to her and she was dying for it. <laughs> she had a lovely bed with a nice, with a nice full-length mirror on the wall. I saw her body's reflecting. I thought this seventeen-year-old boy's done good. <laughs> By now she was really making me earn my meal. <laughs> she wanted me more and more. I was Lester Piggott riding red rum. <laughs> I was I was exhausted after doing it a second time. Her old body shuddered and I fell asleep on her even breasts. Halfway through the night, I felt her hand working its way down my bottom. <laughs> I woke with a jerk as she tried to push her finger into my anus. Hey, I said, you leave my black ass alone. <laughs> Ain't nobody touching my backside. I'm not that kinky and I'm not an homosexual. Oh, hang on, you got to give me a break, man. You can't hit me with these bombs. <laughs> expect me to... I managed uh, the third time but couldn't go the fourth. No matter what she did, that lady was experienced. Oh, she taught me a lot. In the morning, we were woken by a young daughter who brought me a cup of tea. That was too much for me. Seriously, it's the greatest book ever written by anyone. <laughs> right, more Nigel. More Nigel Ben sex oh, stories to come, baby. Oh, I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> oh, Jesus. They're a good oh. score. Please hang up and try again. Nobody's touching my black ass. <laughs> get, your, get, get your daughter to make me a cup of tea. Oh my god! Really, Nigel what Benson's a boy. A, he is a. Oh, he was fantastic. seventeen at that. At oh that yeah. Age. Where do you get the balls like that? He should come out of retirement and fight my auger. <laughs> That's one fight my auger can't say doesn't have any balls. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, into the next uh, part of the show. So where it's, uh, didn't used to be a boxer. This week, retitled for a bit of a special, since it didn't used to be an absolute lunatic. Okay, I like that. So, well, when I was uh, doing a bit of research for the show, came across a fellow called El Terminator, Edwin Valero. So, uh, he died back in uh, April in uh, 2010, just a couple of years ago. So, he was okay. like a Venezuelan uh, professional. But uh, what I'm going to do is run through his life 
run through the life of Johnny Tapia and run through Mike uh, Tyson's autobiography came out this week. Okay. You're going to decide for us which one of these three men is like, clearly more insane. I like the sound of this. So let's start off with uh, Valero. Just, just do a bit of background. How old was uh, Valero when he died, you know? Uh, 29. Oh, right. Young then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real young. Oh, yeah. So um, he was a professional... Uh, Venezuelan. All the toughest guys seem to be. And uh, anyway, so he's this poor kid dropping on like the barrio who just discovered as being like a street cop that he could punch like a little, like, mini Mike Tyson. Okay. And uh, basically he had this kind of maniac, vicious, aggressive nature. It's pretty much like Roberto Duran. But uh, he just didn't accomplish quite as much only for the fact that he died um, a bit too young. So uh, he was a bit of like a boxing prodigy. This is, sorry, this is a quote from uh, one of the uh, articles I was reading about him. It says, Edwin Valera was a boxing prodigy who, if sane, could have become a pr- uh, prominent Pound for pound pugilist, one of the prominent pound for pound pugilists in the sport. Right. It's like if saying, I like that phrase. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, so he's now he's like a household name, and or he was before he died, like a household name in Venezuela, and uh, has the president <laughs> Hugo Chavez, the former president yeah. before he died in Venezuela, has his face tattooed on his chest. Oh, I like that. He was a boy. And um, anyway, yeah, so he was like this undefeated uh, southpaw. Would you ever get a leader's face tattooed like James Cameron or? Not James Cameron. Maybe not James Cameron. <laughs> what about David? David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron. Yeah, I just love that Abyss film. Abyss uh, is good. And Aliens, you know, they're good films. And, uh, anyway, so, no, it's around to that. I need to get James or David Cameron. All right, let body. me just twitch up. If you had to get any, uh, any Prime Minister of the uh, last 30 years... Uh, back 30 years, I'd go for Harold Wilson. Labour, he's a bit of a boy. Was he? That's the, he's. I was older, wasn't it? That'd no, be that's, 40 years. That'd be, the, that'd be the 70s. Well, I'm not having Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having Tony Blair. I'll probably go for Gordon Brown. I'd, I'd probably I'd go, go for. What was, the, what was that? Um, who was the guy in between Thatcher and Blair? Um, glasses. Oh, John Major. Yeah, John Major. I'll have him He's from there. Brixton. He's a bit of a South London geese. Yeah, he's a bit of a boy, that guy. I like that fella. Just got in the road the wrong crowd. That was his trouble. He well. stayed down Cold Harbour uh, Lane. I'd say on a similar note. <laughs> so, uh, Blair, so he goes on to be this uh, undefeated Southport. He's like two-weight world champion. His professional record, 27 wins, all of them by KO. Okay. Yeah, so in the history of like, the WBC, that uh, no one had come close in like, the 30-year history. I've never heard of him. Oh, he was just, like, I guess he died. Well, it's the end of his life story gets a bit... Right. So anyway, he started boxing at the age of 12. He claims to have like an amateur record of like 90 wins and only a couple of losses. But right. frankly, that could be bullshit because... Yeah, I think... Who knows? Yeah. But he, he was like an amateur uh, Venezuelan champion. Anyway, so uh, his mother and father split up when he was still a kid. He was just like a 12. That left uh, Valera homeless. So he pretty much was on the street having to defend for himself. Started uh, finally going and get like shelter at like, the local kind of gym. Anyway, him and his friends would kind of ride around the streets in Venezuela just looking to mug people, steal... He became pretty much known as just like a violent street thug. Yeah. And uh, anyway, as a teenager, when he was like uh, 14 or so, decided, oh, I must just start experimenting with cocaine. Just uh, drinking in the street, starting fires with pretty much anyone he could find. And um, his life kind of turned in 2001. He was in like this massive motorcycle accident, wasn't wearing a helmet, went off, fractured skull. It put his whole kind of boxing career in um, jeopardy. Couldn't right. get, couldn't get uh, licensed uh, to fight pretty much anymore until he found himself a real nice Venezuelan doctor who had just said, no, you're right, man. Don't, oh. <laughs> don't worry about those massive brain <laughs> <laughs> you can, uh, Keep on going. Anyway, he 
wasn't allowed to fight in the States and so uh, just fought all the way um, in Venezuela fought around right. the rest of the world <clears throat> so um, anyway he was known for like in the uh, sparring sessions he would just beat the living shit out of anyone who came in and um, like there's future world champions so like uh, what's a good one uh, Juan Luscano mm. basically came around with, in one of these training sessions left afterwards just all his boxing equipment just left in the gym just walked out the door just never oh, came back yeah, and said so this guy is unbelievably insane so uh, anyway he goes on he knocks out his first 18 uh, fights wins more by uh, KO and uh, again he's like this incredibly tough uh, fighter goes on wins like super featherweight championship in 2006 2009 he gets yeah. uh, moves up into kind of lightweight <clears throat> must be hard if, uh, if America won't let him fight Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially coming from he finally yeah. got licensed to fight in Texas because they're shady laws. Oh, even available no, brain injuries. <laughs> and, uh, but where does the craziness start? So um, after that, well, it sounded like it started when he got into the blow. Surely, well, the, 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 the thing is, like that brain injury might actually done some legitimate yeah, proper damage. Actually, might have made it because in September two thousand and nine, he got arrested for uh, <laughs> sorry, picked on for apparently he attacked his own mother and sister over some Ooh. unknown kind of feud. Anyway. That doesn't stop him. He goes. They goes on to uh, 2010. He moves up into the like welterweight division. And um, I just say, if I'm going to judge this accurately, what did he when he say he attacked his mother and sister? Well, I'll give you a bit more details. So in March 2010, he gets a done for assault again. This time uh, on his wife. Anyway, she goes into a hospital for like bruises and a damaged lung. This guy just says, "Listen, I didn't do nothing. That chick, she fell down a stairway." His wife said, listen, I fell down the stairs as well. It's like, listen, you've been in there like five fucking times. What yeah. are you talking Nobody about? Nobody falls down a flight of stairs. Exactly. Punches a lung. It's not that bad. Falling down stairs. Look at who's that? That Charlie Chaplin. He used to do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, anyway, he comes out of that. He gets six months uh, psychiatric rehabil- uh, rehabilitation. How long does he spend in there? Gets six months. Um, f- f- six hours. Uh, oh, close. Nine days. Oh, Comes out basically the uh, because Hugo Chavez, the president of Venezuela, is like a big fan of his. Yeah, he said, "Listen, we don't. Want, we'll just uh, have you under like police supervision. You'll be all right." And uh, he breaks out of the kind of psychiatric hospital. He breaks out. Of he doesn't. He leaves after oh. that. <laughs> breaks out sounds on it. That's better. That and, yeah. So he's under uh, police supervision, and um, essentially what happened? He was allowed to kind of uh, go free, but police are supposed to be carrying, uh, following after him. Just took off. His uh, manager said at the time, I asked the authorities not to let him go. He needed a lot of help. He was very bad in the head. But they let him out. They were very permissive with him. And because of that, now we're in the middle of this tragedy. What happened is he gets away from the uh, police. Just once they, they're following him around the place, just disappears off, leaving the escort behind him. And um, a couple of weeks later, he meets up with his, uh, his uh, wife. And uh, she's found dead like, uh, three weeks later. He gets arrested. Was it those stairs again? Uh, <laughs> he gets arrested and he's taken in by the wife and um, so he's taken in this police. He's like com- confessing this to like the uh, she was found like in a hotel confessing this to the hotel stuff like I did it. Anyway, he goes into uh, prison. He's there. He's left alone by himself and uh, he's wearing jogging bottoms which he then took off hung himself and then unbelievably according to one of the sources I found his wife was then arrested as the prime suspect in his death. What? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make no sense, does it? <laughs> it doesn't make no sense at all. But what? Shoddy internet lies, people. There's lies and things. Who's quoted that? I know, it's crazy. But obviously, like, his wife was... Uh, maybe, sat- maybe she was. Maybe they do things different down in Venezuela. Venezuela. Dead or not. <laughs> Dead or not. You're still ghost, being arrested. Even if you're a ghost. And, uh, anyway, he came up to Hugo Chavez, president of the country, who um, described it best. Weirdly, weirdly enough, though, if someone was going to get into a prison cell and hang somebody 
a ghost of <laughs> would be would be pretty, pretty pretty easy for them to do that. Not for the Venezuelan police who <laughs> spotted that shit and came out arrested it. Oh, uh, anyway, the Hugo Chavez came out and I think he kind of summed it up best when he was like describing this guy's life and it said really what led to this kind of tragic circumstances what was it about Valero that where did he go wrong probably that tattoo on the and, uh, well according to Chavez who was the enemies of the Bolivian revolution ah oh, not them again not Bolivia Bolivarian revolution I was going to say Bolivia is nowhere near well, it's not that near Venezuela that was it, the, the enemies, the enemies of uh, the Bolivarian revolutionaries who, uh, yeah, pushed Valera into his descent. That was it. All time is this damn, massive political damn, conspiracy. What was it? Who were they again? The Bolivarian. As in Simon Bolivar. Damn Bolivarian fucking revolutionaries. Always calls an asshole. around, they're causing mayhem. All right, so that's... Out of ten, we won't mark him yet. I'll get you to mark these at the end. So that's Valero. He's scoring pretty high. I mean, he's he's physically assaulted three women, then went back and killed one of them. Doesn't help. And hung himself. All right. And he used to beat people up. Right. Johnny Tapia. Yeah. Led army. So Johnny Tapia. So this guy, he wins uh, world titles at three uh, weight classes. Yeah. Had a massively chaotic life, including jails, again, struggle with mental illness, suicide attempts. Yeah. And according to him, before he died... He was five times he was declared clinically dead as oh, a result of drug good. overdoses. Oh. That's, good. that's even better than Nicky Six. Uh, the Motley Crue. Uh, that guy is... I think he only did it twice. Five is really got to get in there. And, uh, anyway, let's start off. So uh, Tapia, anyone who doesn't know, I suppose, he was like this, uh, he was only small, he was like five, six, but he had this kind of real kind of raw fury and he, for uh, any time he kind of uh, won his world titles, which he said came from the horrific memory of seeing his mother being kidnapped and murdered when he was eight years old. Yeah. He said he saw every opponent and his mother's killer. And so we go into the ring and just brah, unleash. And um, unbelievably, less than a year after his mother's death, he, there's a story he told. His uncles used to make him fight other boys. Basically, they'd bet on him. If Tapia lost, the uncles would then beat the living shit out of him. Holy shit. Hard life. So Tapia wins his first like 22 professional fights and then he gets suspended after like failing a couple of uh, drug tests. He's out of the ring for three and a half years. Comes back to the ring, wins five fights, and then wins the uh, uh, super uh, flyweight title. Right. So anyway, he still goes undefeated. Is like eighteen more bouts out of this, still undefeated. Gets the bantamweight title. So now he comes. He's like a two-time uh, uh, world champ, and um, he finally kind of loses. He lost to kind of Paulie Ayala in the Ring Magazine like Fight of the Year. When was that? Yeah. Um, uh, back in nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. And uh, Mike Tyson calls Tappy. Says, "Listen, this is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Won like sixty fights." Half from by uh, knockout, only lost uh, a few times, and uh, but like a good idea of had someone around on the scale of craziness. And so it was 1992. It was like yeah. pretty much at the height of his uh, height of his uh, kind of fame. And uh, he met this uh, woman called Teresa Chavez at a party and said, oh, "Listen, I just fell in love instantly. I'm determined to marry this chick." And uh, anyway. The wife, the soon-to-be kind of fiancé, realised the guy's habit. And so at first she goes, listen, you're kind of a crazy drug addict. I don't really want to be kind of getting into it. Anyway, he finally convinces her. They finally get married. How do you, uh, you don't know how he convinced her? Charm. Oh, probably. Bags of it he had. So it's, it's um, on his wedding day. He, uh, he just gets married to the wife. The wife is standing there in the white dress looking all beautiful. And uh, Tappy just disappears for a minute. And then, uh, he's well, missed... During the wedding? Yeah, during the wedding. He's the actual missed... wedding? Not the actual service, but like later right, on. Right, okay. And he's been gone for like uh, half an hour. Anyway, oh, one, yeah, of her... as, as you do. one of the wife's cousins walks over and says to her, listen, if you want to see where you just married, why don't you uh, go and have a look at the bathroom? She opens the door and just finds Tapia with a needle in his arm. Probably had Nigel Ben with him, did he? <laughs> <laughs> Nigel Ben does not do drugs. 
Jesus. He's very, very adamant about that. Well, that's not what I fucking heard. He used to do things all the time, mate. Or ecstasy. Yeah, I've seen him admit it on film. Or, if you've seen as many Nigel Bennett interviews as I've seen, <laughs> I've spent two days looking at them on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah, so uh, Tapia found the uh, hotel room. Needle in his arm and said he took all the cash from the wedding. You know, the people like give over their envelopes and something. Oh, yeah. Comes out, steals it all, dumps the wife in a cheap hotel, and just goes out in a bender. He ended no up in hospital. Well, that was one of the overdoses oh, or one of the shit. things stopped. Anyway, that was, um, he was revived after his heart stopped beating last time. Fucking that was hell. just the first of the five times his heart stopped. Eventually, sadly, then he died uh, last year, May last year. Oh, was it not this year? No, no 2012, May last year. Okay. So that's Johnny Tapia. And again, the craziness levels in that are not too bad. Right, We're getting up there. Um, and then, still, I mean, that is oh, that is mental. I mean... Doing a solid bit no, of dope just, on your just wedding on your day. wedding day, stealing all the money and going away <laughs> and doing that. I mean, that is mental. That is. I mean, it's still not as bad as beating up the women, but at least there's some logic to that. It could be rage or anger or something. But, That's true. But that is a genuine... Okay, right. Anyway. The last one, of our, our trilogy of crazy, batshit, crazy motherfuckers, is uh, Mike Tyson's Undisputed Truth. So he's going around the um, world at the moment doing a stage show, and he's released his uh, autobiography. So, um, Mike Tyson, I'll give you like maybe like a half a dozen, and you tell me if there's uh, if he's worse out of the three. So, um, as you might do, goes on and just admits straight away that yeah, I was high on coke during many many of my fights before the one before he shocked defeated Danny Williams back in two thousand and four. Said he was just pounding back cocaine. Yeah, Danny Williams comes out and beats him. In order to beat those uh, drug tests, because obviously he gets tested as like a yeah, professional boxer, said he used a fake penis. As in one of his entourage would just carry around, like, of this fake penis. Who was employed right. as one of the entourage to carry this fake thing around. The wizard, as he called it. And it would carry it to, from fight to fight. <laughs> so it's like, I like that. What's that? one of the other uh, classics? He said he'd look for divine intervention to oh, avoid yeah. prison. <laughs> so that he... Basically, he was going around. He went I to. Didn't, I didn't pan out too good, did nah, it? He said he went to some kind of divine healers and said, listen, I don't want to get charged. I don't want to... So this is for the kind of sentence for, um, for the Desiree, right. yeah, for Desiree yeah. Washington, and he said that he uh, eventually settled down on which doctor. And so oh he, yeah, it's probably of all of them. That's the one you'd go for. Oh, absolutely. He said they went to the courthouse with a witch doctor in tow with a pigeon and an egg, and then <laughs> Tyson's standing at the courthouse and he said the witch doctor just tells him what to do. So he drops the egg on the ground or releases the bird and just screams out, "We're free!" In court, outside the courtroom. Right. Yeah, that's it. Not, not, not in court, though. No, no, like, not in court. Uh, and have you got anything else you want to say, Mike, before we <laughs> <laughs> just Yeah, hold on a second. I've just got to get my egg and pigeon out. <laughs> uh, uh, that didn't work. Six years ago. That's, that. that's not divine intervention, though. That's witch, witchcraft. Uh, well, uh, very similar. Very similar. That's true. Uh, what else? He, uh, <laughs> he says, on a trip, so he's basically had this one, he's uh, feuding with uh, Don King. Oh yeah, and he said on a he made a trip down to where where King lives to make amends, and he flew on a King's uh, private jet. So he t- takes him down to uh, Florida. Uh, Florida. He spends the whole entire journey just doing drugs, snorting back um, yeah, it's gear. Long, long flight, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. He said he <laughs> went into a rage. Uh, this was partly fueled by uh, money that uh, he thought that King owed him, and partly due to the kind of drugs. And he said during like their negotiation, so they're negotiating over um, getting some money back from Don King, and that ain't okay. never the easiest thing to do. His quote is: "Don picked me up." I, on it. 
Sorry, I heard that's the third hardest thing to do. <laughs> he did a poll of the hardest things to do. <laughs> Getting money from Don King was a ranked third. Oh, would be top. And uh, <laughs> he says, Don kicked me up at this private airport on his rolls. We were driving down Miami uh, from Fort Lauderdale. Don said some innocuous thing and all that jealousy and rage just spilled out and I kicked him in his fucking head. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. I like mm-hmm. the fact it went back to a geezer accent. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else? That, uh... Rounded off uh, Mike Tyson's craziness. Apart that, from... that doesn't make you crazy wanting to kick Don King in the head. Oh, that's true. Maybe it does, but he says he gets really pissed off when he's like any obsessive fans will come over and like ask him for his autograph. And so this back in the day yeah, when he's that, walking around the yeah, streets. Yeah, but he was one of the f- most famous people in that country. That'd piss anybody off. That's oh, yeah. you mental. Oh well, I don't know. In his case, he says that. Uh, listen, we, if he was in a bad mood and someone just came over and said, "Mike, could I? Would you mind signing this?" He said, "If I was in a bad mood, I'd just kick his. I'd just kick their ass." And he tells the story in two thousand three. He said. If I wasn't on coke, I probably probably nothing would happen. But uh, this guy comes over and asks him for the autograph. Tyson turns around and just chases the guy. Tyson goes crazy. The guy takes off running, runs into a hotel. Tyson runs in after him. The guy who runs into lobby jumps in the lift. Tyson comes in afterwards, gets in the lift with him. He said, "Ding ding ding!" He's going up the floor. No He's way. trapped in the lift. Tyson. Bang. Wow. What the, was him? Yeah, just bang, knocks the guy out. Said so he came all the way back downstairs. Everyone's just staring around, terrified, and Tyson just. Happily strolls out. Oh my god! Just for asking for an autograph. Just for asking for an autograph. Yeah, but did he say it in a certain way? Uh, I don't know. Like, how I, badly could you say it? Did he add in some racist <laughs> slur words? I don't think he did. But uh, what was my favourite last thing? Some woman tried to sue him, but this is when he was. Uh, you know, he's got these like pet tigers. Or he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. It's so like this woman climbed over the fence and uh, whatever tried to pet the. She was an animal enthusiast. Is how we described it. Idiot. Who? It came over, tried to pet the thing. Like, wow! Comes over, obviously mauls her. And uh, she tried to sue him. That didn't work. And then she lost the case. But Tyson just felt sorry for her and gave her a quarter of a million dollars. Ah, oh, I know. That's nice. It was like a nice. Well, he's thought. definitely losing so far, unless you got something really horrific no, 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 to no. say. Because he's a bit of a nutter, but he's not getting anywhere near those other two. <laughs> Who do we give that to? Valero definitely did the worst things. It but- did. But Johnny Tapia, they're almost... It's hard to know whether they're, 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 they're more mental. They're more like... You, you wouldn't... Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never heard anybody do that. There's plenty of people over the years who have killed people mm. and beaten them up. Yeah? It doesn't make it right. Absolutely not. But Johnny Tapia, I mean, on a wedding day... <laughs> you have to be hardcore crazy. I think he... It sounds like he had... I mean, I know none of them had an easy upbringing, but, I mean, Johnny sounds like he had the toughest of a yeah, lot. Yeah, some of that... Okay, brilliant. Thanks for that, Garrett. We'll uh, move on. I'd have made you knew all about these things. If I needed anybody to help, it would be him. And with that, I began working on my blueprint for robbing a security van of half a million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> At that time, I owned a beige Triumph car and I used it for doing a recce of the van's journey. I knew that the van driver would not be informed of his route until just about, his, just about he sets off. That procedure was introduced to make it difficult for an insider to tip off accomplices planning to rob the vehicle. Obviously, I wasn't the first to be tempted. <laughs> my role in the robbery would be to pass over the money after the gun was held to my head. I had friends who could provide us with shooters, and that was no problem either. By the time I had everything lined up to execute the plan, however, I began to have second thoughts. All the brainwashing from me dad about being honest and leading a decent life started to nag at me. <laughs> Love it, love it. 
Oh, that is fantastic. Right. Well, there you go, listeners. That is treated three. We're not going to have any more for the... It's fast... We might mind, just... you, mind you, that's a big book. I bet, <laughs> I bet there's plenty in there. I'd say we got another four years out of that. We might have to save some off for uh, next week. But, uh, yeah, should we read off the... Um... Yeah, let's let's do the... Um... Right, so we'll do the uh, upcoming fights of the next couple of weeks. Preview. And there's uh, loads of uh, fights coming up, so we'll try to rattle through them fairly quick. Yeah, but um, Yeah, what's the uh, first one coming up? There's uh, We talked about it earlier in the show. Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. Brandon Rios. Yeah, down in the welterweight division. So this is this Saturday coming on the 23rd of November. And, um, yeah, I don't know, who do you think is actually going to win? They're fighting Emma Pacquiao. I completely concur, I'm going to say. I think it'll are be a lot in, of fun. Are they fighting in where? In uh, Macau, in China. Oh, yeah, of course, actually. I think I said that they were in a Venetian... I assumed it was... Uh, no, I saw... They, they both did a thing about running up the Great Wall of China. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I saw a little video clip of it. They were quite friendly then. I'm sure there won't be any more. <laughs> after today's incidents. Manny Pacquiao always seemed to strike me as being like a really nice guy. And as Brandon Rios, i got to say. No, Brandon Rios. He's, is he a bit tasty? Well, he's, he's a bit of a boy. He's, okay. a, bit, he's a bit mental. <laughs> I remember when he lost his second fight with Alvarado. He went a bit nutty in the ring. But uh, anyway, yeah, so what do you think? how do you think it's going to go? Um, I think Pacquiao's going to win it. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, I think Roach, Freddie Roach says that he wants Pacquiao to outbox him, and he's definitely got the boxing skills to do that. Um, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell with Rios because he stepped up, and I just saw the way Alvarado dealt with him in that second fight. Um, mm-hmm. It all depends how Manny decides to fight it. But uh, I'd imagine that uh, he didn't go for Manny Pacquiao. There was. It, it seems strange that um, he's lost his last two fights, one by um, knockout. And one which he didn't deserve to lose. Yeah, and absolutely. that knockout, it's hard to tell whether or not that's a sign of a of a sort of deteriorating fighter or is it just an amazing, lucky one punch that floored him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think he's he's got... Yeah, he's definitely got enough to get that. Yeah, so he's got much better boxing skills than everybody else. Yeah, I think he's maybe losing a bit of speed and... You know, it'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, there should be. Uh, I am so looking forward to that one. It's going to be on this Saturday night. It's going to be yeah. fantastic. But um, what's the other one? On the same night, it's the uh, super middleweight division. So this one's been building up in the uh, UK for the last, I don't know, like four months. Yeah. So it's going to be Carl Frotch taking on St. George Groves. And, uh, yeah, again, it's... Groves is going in like a massive underdog. He's like the um, behind the uh, betting, as you might imagine. How much of an underdog have you seen the odds? I'm sure Frotch is like one to like five. Oh, okay. Maybe a That's bit higher. Pretty strong, wow. Yeah. But again, yeah. George Groves has got a really good record. He's 19 and 0, 15 KOs. But um, this is a pretty big step up in class. Not yeah. that he, I don't think he's going to get knocked out straight away. I'm not sure he's going to get knocked out at all, to be honest. But um, yeah. Well, I. You see. I, I, I think it's I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think, and I think um, yeah I, I I don't know I just have a sneaking feeling that it's going to be a, a much closer fight. I think George Groves I think he's he's shown that he does have a lot of elements, and if he boxes smart and the way he's been winding Frotch up, uh, <laughs> I mean as Andre Ward has always said, Carl Frotch is there. He doesn't have the best defence. I mean, he certainly does not. Yeah, and, and there were times he's, when Kessler he's getting a bit boxing. older. Yeah, definitely. And there was times where Kessler even wobbled in. I'm not sure Groves will be able to do that, but um, yeah, I mean Frotch is he's got good power and he comes forward and he's yeah. got a good chin and he's got great heart and he's got real angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'd. Uh, it's it's tough. I mean, my head tells me, 
yeah, Frotch. Frotch yeah. is, is, is going to get it done. Uh, my heart tells me I would like to see a little bit of an upset. I'd like <laughs> to see, I'd like to see George coming up. But uh, what's the next one? So on the um, same uh, evening, there's a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hang on, you've left that out. I wanted to bring that up myself, but as soon as it was you... Uh, talking about that uh, George Groves, I read this, I uh, found this out today. He said he nerves himself uh, before the start of every fight by quoting Mars... As in Mar, the Roman god of war. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he says, who he said is one of his idols. I don't really know how you can have a Roman That's god as one of your idols. I don't think anybody's had uh, Mars as an idol since about the uh, 6th century <laughs> AD. <laughs> Well, I think even then, I think even then, the Romans gave up and decided to have Jesus as their idol. But what does he say? In not the mi- George. Okay, I'm going to put this in another Cockney accent. In the middle, in the middle before I enter the ring, I feel I can conquer the world. Nice <laughs> one, George. Brilliant. I See, love that. It's quotes like that which make me think. I reckon he can get it done. <laughs> At the end of the day, if you've got the Roman god of war on your side, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, what's another one? Scott Quigg is fighting on that same night against a fellow called Diego uh, Diego Silva, and um, so Quigg, you won. Um, what does he have? He's got like a junior middleweight, uh, one of the bells in the junior middleweight. The weird thing is, he got it after it was basically like water to him, and his first fight he gets a draw. And um, I'm not even sure it's like what they refer to in the WBC or whatever. It's not like the full one. It's like the interim kind of title. So uh, in any case, he's going to have to fight this guy called uh, Silver. He's reckoned it's like 20, or he's got like 30 wins and a couple of losses. So he's actually really quite good. So um, yeah, it would be really interesting to see whether or not Scott Quigg, who's an excellent boxer, whether or not he's going to be able to really like stamp his name yeah. in like that kind of junior uh, featherweight division. But um, the following week, like the uh, next big one, is uh, Adonis Stevenson. So this is in the light heavyweight division on the 30th of November. Coming up against Liverpool's own Tony Ballou. Tony Ballou? Yeah. I'm not going to try and do an accent. Uh, <laughs> the quote from Ballou that I really liked. He said, talking about Adonis Stevenson, said, If he's the next Tyson, I'm the next, I'm the next Buster Douglas. I like it. I that- like it. That is a nice quote. It doesn't really make that much sense, I gotta well, say. I think he's just saying he's gonna. If he's the next Tyson, he's gonna shock him by knocking him I know, out. But, but then, I don't think then lose straight away. Yeah, just disappear off into. Yeah, but uh, Adonis Stevenson, Adonis Superman Stevenson. So um, after beating uh, Chad Dawson in a massive. Uh, An early round. Yeah, like first round just destroyed him. Came back for, uh, to Forrest Cloud. But you notice how quickly he's fighting. You know, like back in the, for like uh, some uh, boxers, his tendency, especially like the likes of Floyd at the yeah, very highest yeah, level, yeah, they yeah. fight yeah. once just or twice a year. This dude is fighting like three fights. He's got an old school. He's yeah, fighting yeah. three fights in the course of like uh, six months. It's like as it should be. This is, I'm a big fan of uh, Donna Stevenson. But, yeah. um, Why like, you say he's fought? I mean, he fought. Um, yeah, like back to, with the Lance yeah. fought back to back. And Chilemba. Yeah. And, um, again, I, I really like the fact that both of them are, like, stepping up and, like, going into it, like, uh, straight away. And uh, I'm not sure Tony Blue really has... I'm not sure he's got quite the power of uh, Adonis Stevenson. But um, no, he's I younger. Like I like him as a guy. He seems like a cool dude, Tony Blue. But, um, yeah. yeah, well, best of luck to him, i got to say. Uh, what's the next one? The same night, Sergei Kovalev, destroyer of Nathan Kelly-Leverley, you should never refer to him as, is uh, fighting a guy called Ishmael Silach. And, uh, again, Kovalev, just one of the most kind of dangerous guys in the light heavyweight division. But uh, yeah. Ishmael... The most dangerous. The guy is fighting. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, the guy is fighting is a yeah. uh, record like 21 wins, 17 KOs, and uh, like a real kind of up-and-coming in the division. So I like that Kovalev is not kind of sitting on his laurels and is actually going hell for yeah. for it. So uh, what other one is on? It's um, down in the featherweight division. It's uh, Evgeny Gradovich versus uh, Billy Dib. Good pronunciation uh, there. Gradovich, aka the Mexican Russian. 
is my that's a nickname anyway. That might be my favourite nickname. He's a twenty-seven. He's a, like a seventeen no record, and um, like raid. Both of these are raid really high in the kind of featherweight division, so it should be like a, an excellent, excellent kind of uh, matchup. But um, yeah, looking forward to that one. And uh, what else? So uh, good news, Del Boy Chisora. Oh, okay, yeah. fighting again. So he's a uh, heavyweight division. He's going to be fighting. Uh, sorry, defending his European title that he won last month again. I like fighting. Oh, dude, he's, and he's like a, a couple of weeks. Is, he's done a lot this year, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been a busy boy. And uh, anyway, this time his challenger is a six foot, uh, six foot, six and a half inch undefeated challenger, an Italian champion, fourteen no record, come out eight stoppages in his last fourteen fights. A fellow called Matteo Modongo. Modongo. Yeah. And where is he from? It's Italian. Italian. Uh, he's like 26 Italian champion. I'd love two massive bruisers oh, <laughs> getting yeah. in and swinging a bit of I just hope. I just hope that um, he speaks good English and he brings some entertainment to that because you know Del Boy's good. Oh, uh, yeah, it. absolutely. But when Del Boy comes against opponents and there's nothing there, it takes after the fun away from the fight <laughs> for me. I like, I like him to fight. Yeah, yeah. There's a, the last one. Then is the um, the big fights over the next day. Um, these are all like in the next uh, week and a half. But um, anyway, the last one is uh, Nathan Cleverly. He's coming up against. Uh, he's moving up to the cruiserweight division after getting knocked out by Kavlov in his uh, last fight. Yeah, and uh, so he's coming up against an Australian guy called Daniel Ammon. Right, and uh, Ammon's got like thirty wins and like. Um, the reason the reason he's fighting Ammon is that uh, Ammon has like twenty nine wins and like only like five losses, a decent record. But he's only got six KOs. Right. So clearly, the uh, cleverly can't think we're going to step it up and wait. Yeah. But we're going to fight a guy who doesn't have the. Because um... cleverly had good boxing skills. Oh he yeah, didn't absolutely. Lack in that, and he was it was just that. Yeah. He, yeah, I it was a bit strange. Like I say, my like quite quite. Why would you step up and wait against guys who can punch harder? I mean, it's not going to be Ammon in every fight. You're going to be fighting guys who are yeah, tougher. Yeah, but for the first of all, he wants to get wheels back under him, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, according to Ammon's trainer, Dan is a <laughs> Daniel Ammon, so his trainer said, yeah. Dan is a big, raw, tough, bone-crunching redneck who'll shake cleverly to his boots when he lands him with his punches. Yeah. This guy could knock a kookaburra off a tree up from <laughs> 25 metres with just a spit. Dan's a real-off crocodile Dundee. <laughs> I could <laughs> I could drop him in a swamp of crocodiles and he'd come out with crocodile skin boots. <laughs> it's a shame you couldn't do it in Australia I next time. Mate, you want to come out? I was going to get you to read that out because I can't. Oh, maybe I'll do it. Dan is a big, raw, tough, bone-crunching, rough neck who will shake cleverly to his boots. Yeah, bollocks, mate. Not the record. Six <laughs> KOs. Do me a lemon. I like it. Shit, yeah. I've, I've had enough of that. But uh, anyway, yeah, that'll be uh, Nathan Cleverly. So uh, I mean, he's got like a real good chance of winning that one. But is like the future fights at that level? It ain't going to be so easy. He's going to be fighting people who are no. But give the guy a chance, mate. <laughs> Just stepping up. Oh uh, yeah, but I find it strange. Coming off the back of a, a brutal knockout. Absolutely, so. but why step it up at all? I think he should have stayed where he Just was. Just to see this. how he feels, see how he's taking the shots, see how sparring things go. You know? Yeah, true. But uh, anyway, yeah. Best of luck to him. Anyway, you've never liked a Welsh. <laughs> I mean, I should point out that I don't dislike Welsh people. Oh, yeah, I know. I was only kidding. My girlfriend, on the other hand, this isn't a joke. She actually actively dislikes really? the Welsh. I don't really know why. She never really explains oh. it, but, you know, who knows? It's probably something picked up with the parents. Yeah. It's that generation thing. The Welsh got a rough break. Oh, hates Nathan Cleverly. Hates oh. him and all his Welsh brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but, yeah, that'll wrap up the uh, show for this week. 
Okay, um, we'll give out our, our Twitter. Um, what yeah. is it? Punch Drunk Pod. Oh, Punch I should Twitter. mention, on the uh, last show, we gave the opportunity to win um, the... Carl uh, Frotch's autobiography. A signed copy, signed by yours truly, copy of Carl Frotch's autobiography, and, frankly, no one's come close to giving a decent suggestion no. for why they should win it. So, um, anyway, yeah, if you're... Well, you say no one's come close to giving a decent suggestion, no one's just given any suggestions. <laughs> good one come on pull your fingers out how hard can that be just write in and say it does double up as we said in the last show since no one has claimed the prize that um oh yeah we said it's a rollover yeah exactly what did we throw into the mix your dad doing DIY around the house that was going to be the next part of the prize an an hour's worth of DIY from an expert 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 builder yeah expert (laughs) Irish builder yeah um, yeah, what else have we got? E, uh, yeah, what, what were we saying to contact us? Punch Drunk. Oh, yeah. So uh, you can send. So Punch Drunk Boxing Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or uh, you can grab us on our Twitter at uh, Punch Drunk Pod. Yeah, I or, uh, Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's pretty yeah, much that's it. That's about it. Mate. All right, should we round off the show with a final, final bit of uh, another passage from, from Michael the Dark Benz Destroyer? Yes, please. From the seminal classic. It had been a purely sexual experience. But the explosion I felt on making love was out of this world. It was like, hey, the world's just blown up and I really enjoyed it. I wanted more, much more, and I wanted it regular. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, there you have it. More words of wisdom from the Dark Destroyer. Uh, yeah, next one, we'll back in a few weeks. Okay, well, I hope you enjoy listening to the show and we'll see you, yeah, two weeks' time. Yeah, peace. All right, see you later.